Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 1919, and it's less than two weeks to Christmas. Are you all in the middle of Christmas shopping? Have you all been good? Have you all been writing your screenplay? Yeah, this time of year, you know, you're not you're not going to get a page a day. So give yourself a break. Give yourself a pat on the back. Take a well-deserved vacation away from the computer if you'd like. Holidays are tough. It's almost impossible to write because you, you're either going out of town or you got somebody coming to your house to stay. Or maybe it's easy for you. If it's easy for you, keep on writing. But you know, if you're in a situation where it's going to be chaos for the next couple of weeks until after New Year's, don't sweat it. Pat yourself on the back. Have a glass of wine. Go through what you've wrote already. Do a little rewriting. See if you can find mistakes. See if you can look back on what you've written and uh, maybe there's things that you see now that you didn't see previously. Isn't writing fun? Isn't it fun to create worlds and, and people and put words in their mouths? And then if you're ever fortunate enough to bring that script to life, either in a short film, something you're going to throw up on YouTube, or a film festival award winner, man, it's just magic. I could never, ever describe it the way it needs to be described. There's just no words for it. So anyway, let's jump into that final act. You know it's very short, 20 pages. Could be a little longer. Depends on how long your movie is. If you're going to have a three-hour movie, sure. Act three can be a little longer, but 90 minutes to two hours, 20-ish pages. So you laid all the groundwork in act one. The journey begins in act two, and act two is full of learning your hero is learning. Your hero is thrust into a new world. What they used to know is now foreign to them, and now they're in a completely different situation. I call that a new world. And then the shit starts to hit the fan. Oh, there's that S word again. Man. And there's just problem after problem. And the hero overcomes problem after problem until the end of Act 2, beginning of Act 3. They're at their lowest point ever. Ever. So what you need to determine is if your hero is going to overcome all the obstacles, including this very last one, and the journey will be complete, the journey will be done, the goal will be met, and everyone lives happily ever after, or maybe they don't. Maybe the hero just cannot complete the goal. What if the bad guy wins? Maybe there's a gain loss. Your hero loses, but the love of their life wins, or humanity wins, or whatever. I've explained the gain loss ending to you. So this last act is where you just tidy up and you answer all the questions that you have thrown out at your audience. Typically, at the end of Act 2, the beginning of Act 3, when your hero is at his lowest point ever, they'll dig in deep and give it that one last push using something that they learned in the beginning of Act 2. And that one final push will get them over the top and they will conquer their foe. You see that all the time, especially in the comic book movies. Once that big climactic scene happens, remember your central question, is the sheriff going to get the shark? And then when the sheriff does blow up the shark, spoiler, that's not the end of the movie, is it? Think about what happens. The sheriff's floating on the water. Boom, here comes Richard Dreyfus. He's alive! Yay! Richard Dreyfus is alive! We thought he got ate up. 
and then they start to paddle to shore. So you have your climactic scene, but then you've got to show a little bit of what your hero has learned, their new life, their new world. So life as they knew it before this journey began is gone. Now it's a whole new world because the hero has overcome physical obstacles, and inner emotional obstacles. And typically that is somehow courageous. A hero doesn't have the courage, doubts he has the courage, and then he gets the courage. Once he takes out his foe, his arch enemy, whoever or whatever it may be, then he realizes, yes, I can do this. I am courageous. I do have it in me. And so the world looks different. The world is different with that kind of attitude. And you, you see this courageous stuff with uh, uh, courtroom dramas, you know, where the lawyer is, uh, is not very confident. His self-confidence is very low. Uh, the Verdict with Paul Newman, one of my favorite actors of all time. You know, the movie starts out, he's just an ambulance-chasing lawyer. And then he gets involved in this family's litigation, and uh, he just he goes to places he didn't think he could go. You know, look at uh, A Few Good Men. Look at Tom Cruise, his lawyer. He was weak. He wasn't courageous. Anytime he was around Jack Nicholson, he just put his tail between his legs. It's like a little puppy dog. But he finds that courage in that the climactic scene. So the climactic scene is, is when Cruise and Nicholson have their showdown, and Cruise gets Nicholson to admit Could you imagine being a screenwriter and writing a line that the whole world now knows and the whole world recites it? You can't handle the truth. Everyone on this planet knows that line and says it. Wow. I can't imagine how that must feel as a screenwriter. So your hero goes on this journey. He changes. He grows. And then after that climactic scene, just show your hero the way they're going to be from now on interacting with whoever, typically interacting with another character. And you can see like the machismo, the confidence. You can just see that your hero has gone through a change. Their personality is different. They look different. They walk different. Other people react to them differently. You know, it's like a few good men. At the very end of that, the Marines treat Tom Cruise differently, if you remember. So yeah, build up to that climactic scene. Your hero digs down deep, gives it one last push, and finally overcomes whatever they need to overcome. And then just a few pages just to show the aftermath of the climactic scene. How your hero has changed. What has changed. What you think their life is going to be from this point on. It's pretty easy breezy. Now, you can also have a twist ending if you want to throw in a twist. All I can tell you is if you're going to throw in a twist, you have to set it up. Okay, don't pull something out of your ass. Call it a twist. You know, be all proud of yourself. Oh, check this ending out, man. Check this this twist ending out I wrote. Shit, this thing is awesome. There's number two. You've got to set it up. I don't know how many of you guys have seen The Sixth Sense, but that has got to be the greatest ending of all time. The greatest twist ending of all time, excuse me. And, and what makes it so sweet is that all the signs were there, all the clues were there, but they went right over our heads while we were watching it. And what Shyamalan did, if you remember, spoiler, Oh, man, I cannot spoil this for you. No, I'm not going to spoil it for you because I'm sure some of you young people out there have not seen The Sixth Sense. So I'm not going to spoil this movie for you because it is the greatest twist ending of all time, period. Mic drop. Boom. But I can tell you that there are plenty of clues to the twist. After the climactic scene, Shyamalan, well, actually, it's part of the, the climactic scene. 
So he goes through and he shows you clips. You get a little montage and he ties it all together. And the clips prove to you that he set it up. But the clues and the setups don't register while you're watching it. You're not even thinking about it. But then when you go back and if you go back and watch, and of course Shyamalan shows you, then you're like, oh, oh, that is too good. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen The Sixth Sense, please watch it over the holidays. It's not really a scary movie. I wouldn't even call it a thriller. It's suspenseful. But wow, Bruce has never been better. The little kid has never been better. The little kid is now an adult. Haley Joel Osment. He is now 33 years old. Do you believe that? What show is he on? Man, I just... Oh, oh, he's on Michael Douglas's show on um, Netflix, The Kaminsky Method. I highly recommend it. I don't know if you youngsters are going to like it, but you know, I'm a Michael Douglas fan. So, And Alan Arkin fan. Alan Arkin is in it. I think they've gone three seasons, but they're very short seasons. So anyway... Back to Act 3. So you could throw a twist ending in there, but um, you know, just set it up. Throw out some bones along the way so that when people watch it back, they can see what's coming. But while they're watching, they don't see it coming. I did that with the hike. Now, the thing about it is I set up the ending, but it's actually the beginning of the hike part two. So at the beginning of the hike part two, you realize something happened and you're like, oh, wait, what? How did that happen? And then you have flashbacks, a little montage of three specific things that I put in the second act of the hike that lets you know, oh, oh, I see. Well, they, yeah, okay, I get it now. So I did set up what is coming in the beginning of the hike part two, like the very first 10 pages. And if I ever get a chance to shoot that movie, I'll show it in a montage. I'll visually show it with clips from the hike. And if you're writing a script, you can always just, if you want to do the M. Night Shyamalan thing with The Sixth Sense, just go through and just put in those pieces of dialogue that set up your twist ending. Just return to it. Just put it back in the screenplay in the third act. And that way, even the reader will not have to thumb pages back. It's like, what? Where'd this come from? Did he? Did this person set this up? Did this writer set this up? And hopefully it's just a line here, a line there, a couple of lines here, a couple of lines there. Just repeat them in the third if you're going to have a twist ending. So that way they're there. You're going to spoon feed these lines and these setups to the reader. So the reader's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I missed that. But it was there, yeah. So just a little recap, Act 3, super easy. Act 1 and Act 2 are easy. Act 1 is not the easiest, because that's where you got to set everything up. But Act 3 is definitely the easiest, I think. So remember, character's lowest point. It can't get any worse than this, right? And, and you know, show them and how they react to their loss. You know, when at the end of Act 2, the beginning of Act 3, when they're at their lowest point, let's see how they're reacting to that. Horribly, I'm sure, but show it. Remember that emotion. You want to elicit emotion. So if you have an audience that's been with this character for the last 80 minutes, 70 minutes, hour and a half, when your character is breaking down and they're just feeling like the biggest loser in the world, then you want your audience to feel the same way. Remember, so definitely show the hero how they're dealing with it. Show their change. Maybe maybe they've changed for the worst. Maybe they've changed for the best. Do they realize 
that they they still have one more shot. And what do they do to try to get their life back, to try to pull themselves out of this hellhole that they find themselves in at, at this precise moment? And think about your final, final scene. Remember that, that scene that comes after the climax. How do you want to tell the audience, this is it? This is their new life. Do you want to leave the audience, uh, leave it to their imagination? Maybe not tidy up everything. Let their imagination figure out what's going to happen to the hero in the future. Or are you going to show the hero in their new world? It's entirely up to you. Oh, and uh, do not forget your B story. You know, that third act, you've got to clean up your B story too. Or your C story, if you have a C story as well. So that other goal that your hero had that took like a back seat to the main goal, uh, that's got to be worked out. Those questions have to be answered in Act 3. So sometimes you will see that after the climactic scene, that's when the B story is all wrapped up. So you'll have your climactic scene, and then your B story will resolve itself in the very next scene, probably the last scene of the movie. Happens all the time. I actually did that in the hike. So my A story was... This couple go on a hike, and they come across a serial killer who is uh, on the run from the law. Boy, that's original, isn't it? Duh. But anyway, you know, he's hanging out where he shouldn't be hanging out, where he knows that uh, there's not going to be a lot of people. It's actually private property. And he's an outdoorsy guy, so he lives on the land. But anyway, he decides that he's going to terrorize this couple for the day. That's the A story. So the central question, you know, are they going to survive? Are they going to get away from this guy? The B story was the couple's relationship was on the rocks. The female was holding holding out hope. She came to this meeting hoping that he had got his shit together. Oh, damn, there's another one. But just in case, she brought divorce papers. So this was like a last-ditch effort to see if hubby was going to get his act together. And she was prepared either way. So after my climactic scene in the hike, then it's just the couple and they're sitting alone and they have a little dialogue and that puts a little tidy bow on top of that B story, what they say to each other. I'm not going to give it away. So yeah, don't forget your B story in the third act as well. And like I say, C story as well. You know, if you got a bigger movie or you've got another storyline that you want to explore. But typically just an A story and a B story is all you need for a 90 minute movie, two hour movie. And then there you go. You've got the first draft of your screenplay. It's not done. Remember, it's not done. Now we have tons of rewrites to do. Rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. If you wrote the hell out of this screenplay and it's 200 pages, we're just going to have to go in and cut, 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 cut. If you're at like 80 pages, mm, maybe we can add a little bit here and there. Try to get it up to that 90-minute mark if possible. 80 is pretty close, though. So yeah, that's it. This whole three-act structure that we have been talking about, I've tried to make it as simple as possible. I mean, you can go into detail. You can go in deeper into the three-act structure. But just for our purposes, I think I've given you the blueprint. So uh, next week... We will have company in the house until December 31st. So Filmmaking Ain't for Pussies will be back the first week in January. And we will continue talking about writing. We can talk about dialogue. We can talk about rewriting. Dialogue's a biggie. Dialogue, hmm, have so much fun with dialogue. So I want you all to know that I do truly appreciate you listening to this podcast. And I truly appreciate those of you who sat down and 
letting me interview you. I hope you had fun, just as much fun as I did. And you know, it just yesterday, what happened to me yesterday reminded me of another reason to have this podcast, because I'm accessible. If you're a filmmaker and you're just starting out, I'm accessible. No, I'm not an A-lister. No, I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. Blah, blah, blah. No, I don't think my shit doesn't stink. Oh, God, there's like number four. I made a feature film. I did just about everything on the movie. I put it in festivals, got a bunch of nominations, won some awards, won some Best Feature awards. So I've been there and I've done that. Okay, I'm just here to help you in any way possible. I'm no better, but I am accessible. Dave at the Hike Movie. .net if you have any questions about filmmaking. So what reminded me of why I started this podcast is I've been talking to a distributor about the hike and I haven't pursued distribution because like I've told you from the get-go, it's not for the masses. My main goal was to play festivals and win awards. My goal was not to make money. My goal was not to get distribution worldwide. I have had a couple of opportunities for distribution, and I've turned them down. And I've, I'm get, beginning to feel like this was probably going to be the last one. So I'm considering this one. And I'm considering it for my actors and not just myself, because I'm sure they would love to get their work seen. The actors in the hike did an amazing job, especially the two leads. And part of me feels like I let them down because I did not seek distribution. So I'm probably going to leave it up to them. I'll reach out to them. You know, you may think that's a no-brainer, but, you know, it's been it's been five years since we shot it. So maybe they've moved forward and they just want the hike in the rearview mirror. That's fine. I get that. No big deal. But anyway, God, I just keep going on a tangent. I've been talking to this distributor, and I don't trust distributors at all. So I looked at their slate of movies and these guys have a bunch of B-movies, a bunch of schlocky movies, just uh, probably rotten tomato scores of like 10 or 20, <laughs> whatever. So I just happened to see the cover art, and I saw this director's name. So I searched for this director, and his Facebook profile popped up, and he's in England. So I don't go on Facebook often at all. Yeah, I know. I haven't updated the hike in a very long time. I think the last time I updated the hike was for this podcast or the last festival we were in. But anyway, I sent him a message on Facebook Messenger because I did find him. And I asked him what his uh, experience was with this company. So I did not expect an answer. I was just throwing my line in the water because I would love to hear from someone who has a movie being distributed by this company that I'm talking to. I want to see how they're treated. I want to see if they're making any money, blah, blah, blah. Well, he wrote me back. He did. He messaged me back and I was shocked. <laughs> and the bottom line is, I guess they've had his movie for a couple of years and he has not seen a dime. <laughs> of course. But my point is accessibility. I, If I was a betting man, which I am, I would never have bet that this guy was going to message me back. But he did. But those of you who listen to this podcast, if you have any filmmaking questions whatsoever, you can easily get in touch with me, and I will gladly answer any question that you have. And if I can't answer it, I can reach out to some of my film school classmates, one you've heard on here, Ken Edens, and we'll, we can figure it out. So anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a filmmaker. Thank you for, for wanting to be a filmmaker. 
Maybe you're dreaming about being a filmmaker and making a movie. But I appreciate your support. I appreciate you listening. I hope you all have a great holiday. Be very safe. Please don't drink and drive. But have have fun, whatever you do. Hug and kiss everyone you love. And tell them how you feel about them. And I will be back the first week in January. And here is my new sign-off. You guys should have figured it out. Be a lion, not a sheep. See ya.